the title, but this one's good. The title on this one is The Perfect Combination. Okay, isn't that good? And look, I even brought a little lock. The Perfect Combination. Everything, it's amazing how the Lord just drops something in your spirit, and you just can't let it go until he marinates it. Well, he's been marinating this one for a while. So the beautiful thing is, this is Train to Rain. We are in our fifth year. And the neat thing about this year is we're teaching about how do we advance the kingdom of God from within so that your businesses can move along. If you aren't changed, then he can't change what he needs to do in your business. All right. And he really wants to teach us how to do that. So the first class of this year, this word is everything in motion is this year's title. Everything in movement. If we don't recognize we have to keep moving, then we miss God. Because he says, I need you to draw closer to me, I'll draw closer to you. So we have to constantly, every day, be taking what? One step. Every day is a new step. We take, we spend time with him. He shows us what we need to do. Hey, the interesting thing is sometimes motion is doing nothing. <laughs> okay? Because people think that we're in a world that everything moves very fast. We are in a country that everything moves very fast. And people want to overlook the process, and they want to get to right where they're... I always think, if we receive the fullness of our inheritance today, my question is, then what? Then what? you just be sitting like a fat calf, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Enjoying your life. And you think, after a couple days... You know how many people go into retirement? And after a couple days, what do they say? Oh, I, need to go back. I need to go back to work, right? Because we are actually physical human beings with a supernatural human spirit, uh, uh, spirit man in us once we receive it, that actually has us getting up and doing something every day. We have to get up and do every, something every day. When people hit retirement, it's just time for them to change and shift gears on their career. That's really what it is. So, but people, our world teaches us to work, 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 and then you don't have to do anything the rest of your life. But then what? then what? Okay. That's why we say when people come into here, they are shifting into su success, into significance. That's what we got to help the older crowd in the, in the United States today. They've done that. They've actually made it to where their retirement. Now we got to help them get into their what? Significance of life. There is a significance everybody's born to accomplish. And it can be, and I say this with such love because it took me such a long time to understand this. You could be born and die in 10 days. You could be born, live to when you're 15. Rachel really struggled with that with a friend of hers that died, one of those nursing students that was on the news. Rachel really had a hard time with that. I said, she, she fulfilled her destiny. I said, we need to look at things not as tragedy. We need to look at God creates life, and what else does he do? He takes it away. The devil doesn't take it away. <laughs> the devil is the instrument used to help mature us, to get us to where our destiny is. So I really, I have a very happy you know, profile look on what it is with life and death. I am not disappointed with death. Death makes us sad and sorrowful, but every death in the world is used to get another life back to Christ. Isn't that awesome? So it doesn't matter the difference if you fulfilled the fullness of your purpose or you fulfilled something, everybody will lay a life down for another. I mean, that's just how it is. God doesn't wait. He does not change his word. You know, if we're called to love another as he has loved us, and guess what? We will lay our life down for another person, whether we will it or we don't. But God chooses that time. He is the all-power, mighty God. And so that's one thing we have to remember. He is now. He is present. 
He is never not with us. He is the most accurate thing that we have in our life because he is the creator that created us. And, you know, Saturday night when I talked, we can, and this has been marinating, and then lately I've been hearing some things that have just been refining everything like gold that sometimes we create our own creation and we think God has stamped it. Do you know what I mean? Because we have stamped ourselves as righteous and there is no righteousness in us. You know, God just wants us to work with him. So praise God, everything in motion. Motion is an act of moving, a process of moving, changing place, position, or posture. So everybody this year, every year, we go through cycles where we're supposed to be looking forward to our next movement, our next place, our next position, our next posture. And so that's what we talked about in the first class of this year. We talked about the importance, which was February. We talked about this position. We talked about having the regenerated spirit. You can't even listen to the rest of this lesson till you know you have Christ accepted in your heart, which everybody in here I know has Christ in their heart. This is the source of our communication to God. So we have to have the regenerated spirit. So if you want to get the first tape of this series, this was about how this is your source for your place, your position, your posture, your family, your career, your job, all the truth is going to be filtered in through this Holy Spirit. And we talked about how to deal with the levels and how you need to use them in your career. I mean, remember, God is all present all the time. He is omniscient. I don't know if I said that right. I always think I say that wrong. But he is always there to move us in all things. Everything becomes one in your life. You can't, I did this. I segmented church on Sunday. I segmented my work from Monday to Friday. Our life is not segmented. Our, everything is supposed to become what? One and become a vertical relationship with him. We just don't live in a horizontal plane. We live in a vertical relationship with him that affects the horizontal plane. And then we talked about that. This is a vertical position. Our spirit sits there right in the center core, wanting to connect to where? Heaven. It's vertical. Our soul is horizontal. Our soul has to be the producer of what heaven and our spirit are filtering up and down. It's got to produce out. And I love it. We have gates, eyes, ears. We have a what? A mouth. But we have to enter in the courts of God. And those are the intellect, the will and choice, the emotions, affection. God created all four of those things. And so we learned last week how this was the producer that has to be renewed. We don't get anywhere until we renew this. So there's a step-by-step -step process. But now, once we recognize, we just have to come into agreement. This has all the truth. This has to produce it. But now, here's the, here is the perfect combination. And it is the awareness of grace. And it's so beautiful because this is like a, see how it's like a dial? It looks just like, it looks just like this. Do you see how? And you're turning, all right? Awareness of grace is like, uh, is like a lock because when we turn, we go one way. We turn, we go another way, all right? And then this is Rachel's lock from high school. I found this when I was cleaning out the drawers, and so I was trying to do it. You remember how you have to do a combination? You have to keep doing this, get it to the right one. Then you actually have to turn it back. And you have to bypass one series. Do you get it? Until you go to another. 
And then you get back to the last number, and then what happens? Click. You open it up. I was practicing it last night. So the cool thing is, is that's what figuring out the awareness of grace is like. It's a combination. So the awareness of grace is the perfect combination. Isn't that awesome? Gene, I have a title. The perfect combination. So the one thing we want to recognize is now the awareness of grace is the how. Do you know what I mean? When Rachel got this lock in school, she got the look at this. She even saved. This is how, well, Rachel, she got the, in freshman year, you get a lock. You get it for four years. She still has her directions attached to it. Do you know what I'm saying? So don't you love that? We have to be, I have to, I can't get this and then go like this and think I can figure it out. There is what? There are steps that I have to take to open up this lock that's going to get me what I need inside the locker. All right. And so ultimately, we want abundant life in Christ. So if we already recognize where the source comes from, we recognize how it has to be produced. Now we've got to figure out the perfect combination. All right. And it takes steps to grow into that. So part three today is known as the awareness of grace. We have to be aware of the grace that he has set before us. And what does that mean? And how does it move? Knowing that he is God. And he does it with us. You know, it makes me so wiggly. I've been reading so much in Deuteronomy. I've never read Deuteronomy so much until lately. And um, what really made me nervous is in chapter 9, he talks about how when they moved out of the wilderness, but they kept thinking that they did it right and that God was going to bless them because they did it right. And, and you know what the scary thing is? We ha- there's no righteousness in us. Okay, there is, we have to grow with him as one, and he brings the blessings for that abundant life, but we have to know he does it. It is his power. He wants to show us how that worked, and he gave us an awesome example. His son came to show us the awareness of grace, to show us how that worked. He did not move without knowing what his father told him to do. So we have to really understand what it means, awareness of grace. Awareness is the ability to directly know. It's an ability to directly know and perceive. Man, perception is such a strong word. How we perceive things and we take things into this mind, into the producer of the soul, but our source already knows the truth. Our source already knows. He is the guarantee of all truth. It is a state or a quality of what you perceive. It is a perception with a mindful reaction to a condition. You know, God doesn't want us to overreact. He wants us to respond to things. But there are conditions that surround us. Think about it. If you're late for class and you're trying to open your lock and you've got to get your book and you're going to get like a pink slip because that's like a warning. And then if you get so many, you get a detention. Is that still the way it is? It's probably still the way that is. You know what I mean? But anyway, you know what I'm saying? When you're late for class and you're under the pressure. How many people couldn't get their combination lock open? Right? You can't get the combination open because you can't, you're not taking in, you're not aware. There is a state of mind that your mind has to get into in anything that you do to perceive what is of God and what is not of God. Man, our relationship with Christ is so important. Spending time in the word is so we can perceive those conditions that are going around us in the workplace. We have to be able to perceive those conditions. We have to be aware of the things going on. We, if we don't know who our source is, and we're not tapping into that source every day, and we don't know how to renew the producer of the soul, guess what? We start falling in 
to reasoning. We start falling into arguments. We start falling into false doctrines. Don't even know it because that's how good Satan is. He comes in like a light. And it seems all great because you know what? We are always looking for the, um, I feel in life, we're always looking for the, um, the lifesaver, right? We're always looking for something that's going to make it easier, that's going to make it better. But he already has a perfect combination. He already shows us in his word that we have to go through his awareness of grace to get the fullness of what he has for us to do, no matter what. So just keep that in mind. Our, what we perceive is so important. He gave us a producer of a soul to be able to observe, think. Do you know what I mean? Hold on to that thought of whatever he's showing us. Trust. Whatever the top. Favor. Grace is an unmerited favor. Grace. Now let's look at this. Grace. So we awareness is knowing how to perceive, right? The quality of it, the state, the ability to know what is truth. All right? Then we have grace. Grace is a refinement of movement. Grace is actually a refinement of movement. It is a sifting. It's a purifying of gold. God, grace is God's love in action. Man, when he pours, when you connect with the right perfect combination and you get this combination right, man, now you're in a flow that is unstoppable. It is an unstoppable flow. And the things that are happening, they happen so fast because your awareness, your ability to know you know. Man, spending time with the Lord and spending time in worship and the word, he shows you those things. And then you don't have to work that hard. You just have to believe. Then you have to trust. And then every day you have to keep reading in that word. Keep reading in that word and look for the enemy because the word already tells you the enemy is going to come. I love that. You know, we're always so afraid of the enemy. We should be excited. You know, I learned that. I learned that being in next door. Gene gets excited when the enemy comes in. I never got it. You know what I mean? He, bring, he brings them right in, you know, and he can see the motive could be wrong. But you know what? Guess what the assignment is? to get the motive, right, to use his love to get the motive in its right course. No, we're not supposed to be afraid of the devil. We're supposed to be open-armed. But yet you have to be, you have to know you know who your God is and you're spending time with him and you know that your motives get flushed out through the awareness of grace is what he's doing. He is flushing out the clog, the clogging so that his flow of grace and unmerited favor can work. So in Christ, I love this, he is moving in everybody's place, he is moving heaven and earth. If you can get into this flow of being aware, and if you can really connect that he's trying to refine something, to move something. So think about this. You are walking along, you got the regenerated spirit, you're renewing the soul, boom, you hit this, okay, there is a movement. These are moving. These are always moving. I think of those as, as I'm walking. Remember, we said this was what? This is, this is horizontal. The soul has got to vertically produce it. Now, the awareness of grace, you're walking with things moving around, moving around, constantly moving. And those things are first, you have to recognize you're called. And then we're going to talk about suffering, perfect, established, strength, settled. The manifold whole grace is pulling you. If you've got this... Man, there's a pulling you into his awareness of grace, but you can't take the lifesaver while you're going through it. 
You've really got to stay in relationship with him because he's trying to remove something that is clogging that flow. So in Christ, it is unmerited, there's an unmerited favor. He did it for our reconciliation process. For us, to, so something moves out, so there's an action, so we actually can receive what is for us the abundant life in Christ. Christ came for that. Go ahead and put up um, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 10, 8 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 10. Praise God. Isn't that good? Man, see, so just, I, man, I start thinking here, the dial. Which way am I going today to unlock his truth? I love it. The perfect combination. It says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. Now I'm going to tell you something. When you start walking through the awareness of grace process, you're going to need what? Faith. You have to have faith in what he is showing you. And that not of yourselves, it cannot be the faith that you generate within yourself. And let me tell you something. Satan's good at generating some false faith some false faith, because the world has parameters we think we're living by, and that's not what he's living by. Do you know what I mean? But they start pulling us forward to that. It says, it is the what? Gift of God. This perfect combination, working these, understanding each one of these wheels. Because let me tell you, sometimes you're going forward, and guess what happens? Sometimes you slow back down. <laughs> because some of us are really good learners. Some of us can really contain a lot of knowledge. But then have we really experienced it? Man, when you experience something, you got it down, right? You got it down. It gets better every time. So, for not of works, lest anyone should what? Boast. I'm going to tell you, when he showed me that in, um, when he showed me that in, um, in Deuteronomy about how he couldn't send certain people on because they believed they did it. Man, we have to be careful when we say, I am, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, and I am righteous in him. You better be careful what's behind that. What are you saying behind that? Because none of us are righteous. He wants to bring us righteousness through faith in Christ. And that means none of us walk as Christ walk. We're supposed to get to a level of character that we walk as he walks. So there's got to be some changes. For we are his what? Workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk what? In them. Man, we've got to walk in the center of this for this to move so that we can then do those good works, those things God has already prepared for us to do out in the marketplace. So there's already good works. They come into this building. They come in. The Spirit draws them. And then guess what? If we've been through this process, we have a responsibility to help them get to their next place, to their next position, maybe to their next posture. Whatever the movement is, everybody who filters through this, when you go in your jobs or you're cleaning or wherever everybody's going, where you go, where Kim goes, now you are actually responsible as you grow to learn this to discern and perceive the awareness of the things around you. Isn't this powerful? Man, we can get so good at convincing ourselves who we are that we totally forget who created us. <laughs> I'm, I am being serious. <laughs> when there is a word that goes out and it says, well, we did it right. We did it right. We're missing it. It's not. He wants to show us how he does it. That's what was so powerful about 
Gideon, he had all thousands of people and he brought it down to 300. And he said, because it can't be from you, it's going to be from me. I love it. I feel that all the time when he puts me in something new. It does. I feel the shaking. I feel nervous. I, I know a change is coming. I don't think I can do it. I really do get like that. I, I don't think I can do it. You know, I love this, this part. It's, um, when I was in high school, I belonged to a, um, a two-mile relay team, and it was awesome. I didn't even know how good we are because I didn't really read the paper a lot or anything, but we obviously were a good two-mile relay team. I was the only white girl. We had these four black girls. I mean, and these two were twins. These girls were thoroughbreds. That's what my coach called them. He called these girls thorough, Danielle and Rochelle. They amazing bodies, amazing power. You know what I mean? And here's me, right? My glasses, my high socks. I had nothing, right? Okay. <laughs> I am not kidding. I can show you a picture running up a hill, my glasses, my high socks, and they're like all decked out, you know, because they had people funding those girls. Well, anyway, so the night before states, I didn't know that we were slated to win. I didn't even pay attention. That's how unaware I am. Well, anyway, and I really wasn't into it. I didn't like it. I did it because it got me out of the house, got me away from my parents. And we're laying in the bed the night before. And the two girls said, Lee, we need you. We need your mind on this. I was like, okay, you know, and they said, no. And then I'll never forget what Danielle said. She said, you're the heart. You're the one who's kept us all together the whole time, not arguing, not this, not that. I was a little pastor then, right? And um, it was funny because I felt then that night before the seriousness. And I didn't even know what the seriousness was, except for winning the gold, right? Well, the thing is, we did win by a switch up, but I had to really trust the coach. You had to really trust the coach's positions, and we did, but we set the best time in the nation. 1985, look it up, two mile really time, best time in the nation. We got all these things that got me into college. So here God had a what? A plan. I wasn't really following. You know how sometimes we just follow and we don't know what we're doing? Okay? You know, because God has something greater that you don't even know. I was the weak link. I was the weakling. Do you know what I mean? But to them, they said I had an important part. I'll never forget the night before when she whispered, she could see you're the love of this. I was like, I'm the love. <laughs> I was like, I feel no love in this, right? Meaning I didn't feel like running it. You ever get that point? Right when you're about to receive. It can't be because you're doing it. Man, I, that was overwhelming. I didn't have the ability to do it. But God already had a plan to set a flow of motion in our lives. If we can grasp just now, now that I'm aware of how God moves, it even becomes more because you just want to just walk every day out doing your daily assignment. He's already got the future flowing towards you. If you're walking this out, doesn't that excite you? It excites us because it's a workmanship that he creates for a good work for something. It's for something. I always feel that testimony is for church. That testimony for wasn't for anything else. It's now to kind of tell how he works. So let's understand this dial. Let's understand this combination of how things move. All right. I love it when you dial a combination. The first thing you have to do is go to where? Zero. Zero right. Isn't this awesome? When you're working the combination, you got to go to what? Zero. And guess what you also have to do? Turn it lots of times. You got to turn this lots of times to clear all the messed up old combination because there's mechanisms behind here. I like it how there's a little safety lock. So if you really mess it up, they give you a little lock. They give you a way out. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's so cute. You have to go to zero. And so when we have our awareness of grace and we're growing in what our assignment is, if people don't understand where God is and what you're doing, 
you have to come. He's going to take you to a baseline of zero. He's going to take you to a place where he starts removing the things out of you. Some of us have gotten to that place before, but then the lifesaver came. Do you know what I mean? Think how many times we were already on that. God was already doing that. And then the lifesaver came because we didn't understand the dial. We didn't understand the move. So the first move, you guys have the sheet and you have the verses to meditate on. The first thing you have to recognize in the awareness of grace is that you are called into a greater plan. We are called to do a greater work. We are called that if we change ourselves within, then he's going to use us to advance the kingdom of God. Second Timothy 1.9, and just give it to me in the regular. I don't want the, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Amplified, yep. All right, so it's important to know. You have to know the first step is even knowing you're called. He has saved us and called us with a what? A holy calling. Man, we're already born, and there are already things prophesied over our lives, things that are not a holy calling. Do you know what I mean? I went to school to be a teacher. My brother would call me up, Lee, you're creative. You need to go into interior design or something like that. You make more money. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm going to school to be a teacher. Boom, right? You know what I mean? But, I mean, that's because that's where, do you see what I'm saying? Even though I didn't know what to do. How many times have we known not what to do? And everybody starts telling us what to do. Do you know what I mean? Because there is something deep within each and every one of us that's drawn to the holy calling God has in our lives. Not according, again, to what? Our works. It's not our works. But according to what? His own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. I loved it. I was already stamped before time began. Every single body, everybody in here was already stamped with a plan. It is kind of funny when you think about it. We all have that little chip that has all the instructions in us that if we start tapping into it, it starts bringing it right up to the screen. It starts bringing it right up to the screen and it starts telling you how to move the dial. All right, go to Romans 11.20. You have the list, right? Okay, good Good, Chris. Good, Chris. Okay, well said. Well said. (laughs) Because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but what? Fear. Oh, my God, I do that all the time. I feel like they, I feel, I've been going, huh. Every morning, I've been getting this layer of something, like a verse, and it makes me feel, yes. 29, go to 29, but that is a good verse. It still works. It does still work. Because Oh, keep that on for a second. Yeah, I want you to think about sometimes when we can't get into something. But yes, go ahead, go to 29. Thank you. But it is still a good verse. It was still worked. All right, for the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. All right, so no matter what, it's already stamped. It's already done. It's already, we just have to Draw closer to him one step at a time. We have to get into this flow of understanding. So nobody can even start the dial until they clear the screen, get to zero, and recognize, okay, God now has a plan. Now I'm going to hear him for which way to move the dial. Where am I going next? Well, the next thing we're going to is, okay, when we go to zero and we are removing all the things that are not of God in our understanding, now we have to what? We have to, there's some suffering. You know what? I'm going to tell you, this is where I really believe this, not because of experience, just because of the small experiences I have seen. People haven't gotten through the suffer. They haven't gotten through the suffer. They don't know how to get through the suffer. 
Go to Romans 8.18. Pardon me? Oh, well, I call it the epidural time, okay? This is when in labor, the woman screams, I can't take it, I need the epidural. We were already designed to pop the baby out. I mean, come on, right? I mean, I was so afraid of the epidural. I knew I wasn't supposed to do it. I was so afraid that when I did, I I did, I grabbed Gary and I said, maybe I should do it. And then I pushed him. No, I can't do it. Something else was working in me because it was painful. There was, it was pain, you know, and you do have that feeling. If I could just take that, that means it'll just be better and it'll be okay. Right? Okay. Well, I love this because the Lord showed me that if you allow yourself to go through the suffer, he will actually give you a hundred percent return. And a delivery in that delivery. It says very clear in the Bible three different times. I will deliver her, then she will deliver a child. It's really clear. And so when you really think about that, there was something that got delivered in me that day. I don't know completely what it is, but I know I did it naturally and I suffered 19 hours. I pushed two and Rachel came out. So something got delivered. But anyway, Romans 8, 18. In the suffer, this is where God doesn't want to take us the medication. He doesn't want us to take the epidural. He doesn't want us to take, because the enemy's going to come with something that seems so great. You know, how about when you're growing in ministry? There's a time where you have to be hidden and then go out. Do you know what I'm saying? And there's a time that you'll be tempted, but you don't want to be tempted to do that. In your business, somebody comes and says, I'll lend you $10,000 and you can pay me 50% interest. (laughs) You can pay me 50% interest on that because I believe in you. Okay. That's what the banks are saying to us in business, right? Because I believe in you. I'm going to give you this. And right there, you just took the what? You took the bait. Yeah. There's a time they suffer. It says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time, that means you've come to zero. Now you're moving into his awareness of grace. Now he says in this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now meditate on that one. I mean, now I want you to really think about that. That goes with the whole thing of the track field story. I didn't know what was coming after that one race that only took less than 10 minutes. (laughs) That one race for 10 minutes an attitude could have changed it all. Do you get what I'm saying? That one race moved people into different directions. Four girls with four different histories all went to, and the one girl, she ran in the Olympics here, in the Atlanta Olympics in Atlanta. It was really cool. She came and stayed at my house during that time. It was really awesome. But you know what I'm saying? Look at the glory. We don't even know. Now, that's just a, that's a physical way of looking at it. But in the spirit of God, if we allow the source, the Holy Spirit within us, to renew this soul, and we can get through that one phase of suffering, man, look what is going to come out of us in the marketplace for God, because we've allowed ourselves to go through the process. People are going to come in, and they want what you have. Do you know what I mean? So that's why, look at it like that. There is something, God is building something in each and every one of us for what? The glory which he wants to reveal in us in a due season. So we have to think of it like that. So if we are in suffering, it has, it has a what? It has an end. If you are one of his people and you are in his time, he has an end to it. But you have to ask, what is he doing in me? What is he trying to remove in me to get more of him? 
It's part of the combination. All right. Next verse. 1 Timothy 4.12. It says beloved. He wants to remind us that we are his beloved. Because let me tell you, when you're going through the suffering, he loves me. (laughs) It's like the little dandelion. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. When you're in the suffering, that's what you're doing. You're taking that. He loves me. He loves me not. And then you start picking it fast. He loves me, loves me not. He loves me. Because loves <laughs> you want to get down, does he love me? You know what I mean? Because why would somebody who loves you would want you to suffer? I mean, praise God. He sent a son to show us how this grace works. You know? All right. It says, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. Okay, I love it. We get into our place and we're like, nobody else is going through this. Nobody, who else is going through this? Well, see, this is where we're in a world that is so good about bringing all the stuff on a plate to us. And we really have to allow ourselves to be changed to get what we think is our righteousness out of us for his righteousness to perform in our lives. I mean, that is the main exchange as the purpose of suffering. There is something that we have a high thought, an argument. There is something that has to be cast down so that he can increase. And in that, there is a suffering because we've already created in our vain imagination what we believe it to be. And so it's got to be down. Now, sometimes when you get things, you just need to cast it down or put it to the word, give it to God, let him show you the truth. And then... After you get through that window of suffering, he then moves you in to a window called perfect. You know, and I like this. That's why I called this lesson the perfect combination. Because he is trying to perfect something within us so he can manifest something outside of us. That's so powerful. Go ahead and put that first verse on. 1 John 2, 5. 1 John 2, 5. It says, but whoever keeps his word, we have to be in the word. Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. Remember, awareness means the ability to directly know. You have to know that there is this perfect plan. And the only way it's going to start moving in perfection is through love. It's got to be your love of God. Those who diligently seek him will be rewarded. We have to diligently seek him and pursue his love. And we, as we get into that love flow, it is perfecting something in us. There are things coming out of us. We don't have to identify every little thing. I remember in the beginning, I, w- I could not, I would, it just overwhelmed me a flow. I didn't get up and worship God, but when I started worshiping, it just, I worshiped all the time. I couldn't, it, and then I couldn't wait to do it in the morning. Then I couldn't wait to do it in the afternoon. Then I couldn't wait to do it when I went to bed. Now I'm just a constant worship. We are supposed to get to a point where we are walking in his love. We are honoring him in his love. Our actions are being seen from a perfected love in us. So he has a time that he's going to perfect that. Man, when we have people come in here and they've never worshiped, I tell them, do it for 30 days. Something's going to kick in, and it's not going to be you. (laughs) It's going to be the Holy Spirit pushing you, and you're going to see yourself adorning God and loving on him in a way that you're like, was that me? Was that me? But by this, we know that we are in him. 
there is a press of pushing forward, of pursuing his love. Because in that love, that's when he starts. I love it. The dial shifts. Now, this is what I love. During the perfect part, you are actually, you don't even have to think about where the next combination is. He's already doing what? Moving it. It's like your hand lifts off the dial, and he now has his hand on the dial. And you're opening a wave of a flow. Isn't that awesome? I mean, think about that. It's love that flows. Love opens. Our love has to be perfected. We can all say we have love. I have love. I'm good at love. Blah, blah, blah. Love, love, love. But there is his love is different from our love. And that's what he wants us to realize. He wants to show us a different kind of love. And in that, now this is what I love about this chart. It says we look in a mirror dimly. That means we see a part of something. And then when we get the fullness of it, we'll know the whole story. Well, this is like a mirror. The moment calling is looking right into established. Established is looking right into calling. You have to know when you're called, it's already established. It's already done. We read the verses. It's already in the plan. Do you know what I mean? When you are in your suffering, he, it's the mirror image of strengthen. He's strengthening something in you. All right? And then when you looked at perfect, you were looking at settled. Man, when you get that love in that right number of combination for that move, man, it, you don't feel settled, but it is settled. Isn't that powerful? I loved it when the Lord was showing me that, like, they just, the first time Jean put that up, all I saw was the opposites working together, the opposites of them working together. Through, here's the key, through the whole manifold movement of grace. A person who's called can't see that, but it's already there. But when they go through it, they're going to get there. But they have to go through the right what? Combination. It's a perfected combination that he has for us. All right, awesome. So now when we are established, you have to know he already has you established in what you're called to do. You may not trust it. You may not know it. You may not, but he's working that so that when you can realize it, put Psalms 90:17. I love this lock thing. I'm going to open the combination too at the end. I've been practicing because it's the click that we want to hear. All right. Psalms 90:17 and let the beauty of the Lord. I love that. When we are on top of that established, look at the light just radiates out. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Man, when you allow yourself to go through the suffer and you allow that love to be perfected, man, you can walk anywhere and people see the what? There's something established upon you and establish the work of our hands for us. That means you're not dialing anymore. Who's doing it? He's doing it. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Man, so that means every morning he is showing us something to do. You know what I mean? And you know, and it may not require a lot of toil. You know what I mean? It may have seemed like that was really easy for the day, but it's already establishing something already set for you. And you can tell because you can see the beauty on the people. You can see when people are going through this, you see the light. You know, look at Tori. Tori is getting into the flow of grace. You see the glow on Tori. You know what I mean? You see, the, I, I remember when Sheila started coming in here. Oh, this is a place I need to stay. 
And then you start seeing the glow on Sheila. It just keep growing. You know what I mean? Charlena approved. You know what I mean? When everybody goes through, they, when, they, when they are in the established, you know it's on the move. And you know what? Uphill is a lot harder than downhill. So, <laughs> so when you're on the uphill, woo, you are, there is a confidence, a boldness in Christ. I had a young lady text me last night. She came in here and some things got answered for her a year ago and she's been growing and really reading in her word and sanctified and doing things. She actually says she's doing the 30 day sanctification. The first two days she said, oh my God, I was so tired. I had to sleep. She's like, is this bad? I said, no, sleep it off. <laughs> I texted her back. I called her after we left her. I said, sleep, sleep. Obviously, you need to get some sleep. The next day, she, after three days of sleep, she started hearing God. And she said God showed her that she had to be, learn how to be bold. And then he put her in a situation. She makes um, prosthetics for people. And she was in her office, and she actually had to minister. She felt the boldness rise. And you know the glory of the Lord was upon her. And so, and she helped somebody. And she just thought that was so what? Remember the first time? It's so cool. Because, you know, at first, I didn't know how to talk about Jesus at first. It takes time. And there's measures of that, of that boldness that grows. Because he's establishing it. And you know it because there's a beauty. You look at everything as beautiful. Does everybody look at everything as beautiful? Right. <laughs> Just keep saying yes if you're not, because it's still getting there. All right, go to Deuteronomy 8.18, Deuteronomy. Ah, Deuteronomy. I've never read that whole book. I'm, I am, I, I, it's kind of weird, like I just always took the pieces. And then Deuteronomy now is really working on me. All right, Deuteronomy, it says, and you shall, now I like this. When you get to that established and you're on the top at that moment, you better start remembering what hand of work did the work. Because he says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who, is, who gives you power to get that wealth, and that he may what? Establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So that means there isn't any king. I love this when I read Kings a long time ago. I would write next to the names, good king, bad king. Started off as good king, went bad king. Start off as bad king, turn into a good king. You know what I mean? I really did. You can read my Bible, and you will see good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. Okay? That means there's a cycle that we constantly are going through the awareness of grace. And that cycle is when we hit the established part, we better know who put us there. Because he is the one that gives us that power to obtain any of the things that we're gaining or any of the things that we have to go through that he has a great plan for. And I'm going to tell you, a loss is a gain. A loss is a gain. If there isn't anything that he has showed me more, loss is great gain. All right? And so when you get up there, you can feel like you have nothing, but you've got everything. Because the increase is happening. The light is upon you. He has now established you in that. It's a, you know, have you ever heard a really good lock? When you hit that right number, do you hear the little click that locks right into its spot? You all know what I'm talking about? That's when you're established. When you've got that combination down, you're not even looking. You can, feel, you can close your eyes, and you can feel it hit its lock. Has everybody had a lock like that? It's so good. You're not even doing it anymore. It just flows right into it. You don't even feel like you're dialing the dial. And so it's established. It is set. It is done, but remember where that power came from because that's part of that test. When you hit that place of established, 
you're going to be tested. It's not your power. It's his power being formed in you for the advancement of his what? Kingdom. It's for the advancement of his kingdom. Strengthened. So now I love this. Okay. You get excited. You're on the zeal. You're in the plan. I love it, right? Okay. Well, now you have to be strengthened in that plan because in the suffer, you know, the mirror image is strengthened. That means there's going to be, now you're wide open. From established to settle, testing, 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 testing to see who are you going to honor. Testing, where are you really at? Testing. It says in Philippians, and you, mm, okay, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have watched that. The moment you get where you get into that, that established, now things come to you. Disappointments. Things start to come up, testing, where God is really going to, are you, who are you really leaning on? Because it has to be, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means he's going to strengthen you in this cycle. There is a time he's going to strengthen it. He's going to work it. And you know what? Sometimes that can, you know where you're, how well are you in the word? How well are you in your prayer? How well are you in your worship? Because I'm going to tell you, I've had some periods where the strengthen seems so painful and it shouldn't be painful anymore it's only painful in the suffering in the strengthening it should just be an opposition and then you knew i was being weak in my worship i was being weak in my word i was being i wasn't meditating enough for but now when i'm going through strengthening i can feel it happening but i stay in him if i stay in him then he is the one who strengthens me and he does it all but it's our test to stay in him see isn't this awesome It is a perfect combination because I love how there's a series of rotation that helps advance us. Now, I want everybody to think about this in their business. If you can look at your business as moving in these cycles, anybody who starts a first business, what do they say? The first three years are what? Suffer. They're suffering. Do you know what I mean? Everybody wants to give you a loan. Everybody wants to do this. Everybody wants to do that. Sometimes the things God has us to do, don't take this within yourself because it can't work unless it's within you first. But then now think of it as a manifold turn in your homes, a manifold movement in your workplace. All right, go to now. I love this. Settle, settle, settle. 1 Peter 1, 9, settled. I love the word settled because settled is a word that you are so aware in the ability to directly know and perceive the truth that you're calm. There's no, there's a calmness that settles on you because you're getting it. You get your second rotation so much easier than your first because we constantly move in this. This does not die, but it's great when we know where we're at. You can seem like that goes really quick. And then there's times that could go years. (laughs) I like that. Most people, before they enter into the first calling, they're out that gate for years. (laughs) Okay, nobody laughs as hard as I do because I remember sitting out that gate for seven years. Okay, <laughs> I did. God called me in 2002, 2003. I know it. He called me to a true conversion. I sat at the gate. I took, I took all the lies. So 1 Peter 1, 9 says, receiving the end of your faith. There is a faith God gives you. It's a supernatural faith to accomplish something, the salvation of your soul. That's the kicker. That means your soul changes. 
And there is an actual something comes out that will never come back in. God gives you a supernatural faith to get through this rotation so that you can receive the end of your faith. So when the Lord, there's different things the Lord has worked in my life for me to believe and to stand on, even when it was helping women deliver children and believing natural childbirth. Just because I did natural childbirth and I said I believed it doesn't mean the first time I helped somebody go through it that I really had the power for them. You know what I mean? So when you, it's, it's an awareness, but now my faith is settled because now after helping several people and seeing how it works, there is nothing that can come change. My, I'm so firm that there is nothing that can happen to a woman who goes into it with God, with the understanding of a deliverance, and then they get a child. It, ha- it is like, it is amazing how right when the deliverance comes, boom, that baby comes like that. And it can be, I've had people, first-time mothers, get through it in a few hours. Now, come on. Women usually labor for a long time, but when you understand God's way, there's a flow of grace that moves things. It makes time move faster. It makes faith stronger and you actually receive a salvation of your soul which you you have the ability to directly know you know so you don't even need faith for it anymore that's how solid it is if you know you know you know and there's so there's no more wavering back and forth when you actually receive that salvation of your soul wow you're happy i mean it's just you're a happier person you can actually be in a settled calm position. All right, let's go to John 14, 23. 14, 23. It says, I'm checking now. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will what? Keep my word. Now, I love this because when we're spending time with the Lord, he speaks to us through his word But then he's also speaking us instruction. I love it. Every rotation that we have to, we're going to hear his word. It's going to line up with the word, but he's going to give us something that might be in it. I asked, Debbie can tell you, I asked her, what did God tell you to do today? What did did the Holy Spirit direct your step today? But if you love him, you will keep that word. We can hear his word and not keep it. Yeah, the Lord revealed that to me, the order of that. That's really deep. You can hear his word. And you can know it, and you think you're keeping it, and you're not keeping it at all. And you can tell in the torment of the person that already knew the word, but they didn't keep that word, and they created their own way out of that word. Man, haven't we watched that? You watch them create their own understanding, and then they've just now switched themselves into another God, and they've just missed that God. I mean, it's like a, you can see the switch when it's happening. And you just have to let the person go because they have to experience. That's the most beautiful thing. He actually will bring you back. If you're his, I, start, I opened up with this. If you are his, what happens? You don't go out for too long. He'll bring you back because that's how much he loves us. That's his faith. We don't have the faithfulness he has. He holds on and he keeps everything in motion. So he says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And I'm, we're learning that in the awareness of his grace, how to keep his word. And my father will what? Love him. And he and we, we will come to what? Him and make our home with him. So we is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is an abundant life in that Trinity one where he now comes in and he dwells with you. And 
This is what we're going to talk about next week. He actually gives you, there's a flow of prosperity. He gives you a source of supply. He gives you answers from God. This is so awesome. We have the ability to get all the answers from him. That's why I'm saying people hear his word, but that doesn't mean that they keep his word. Because if we're in him, we can hear, but it's keeping that word. And then if you really follow through, it's awesome. It says he has angels that restrain evil to get that good work completed and done that he heard he had set for you. It's so powerful. I've experienced this and things he's asked me to do and things that he has put in place. And even though I fight it, I'm going to tell you, when we fight it, that's a good first sign. That is a good first sign. Because when I think I'm supposed to do it, then I start moving towards it. It doesn't feel good now. Now when I feel the fear, and he tells us not to what? Do not fear. He doesn't want us to fear. You're going to feel fear in that move. And the fear is a loss. If we fear something, we fear what? A loss of something. If we fear something and we don't have the love of Christ, we feel that we're going to get punished. Do you know what I mean? Or we're not going to make it to what everybody thought we were going to make it. You know what I mean? Oh, we're going to lose our reputation. You know what I mean? Now it's so amazing. There is a confidence that you get used to it, but every move for a new position, a new place, a new posture, it's going to still be new. He created the old to move out and the new to spring up. Well, when that new comes out of the dirt, right? That's heavy dirt. When that, when that, when that, what's it called? Stem, leaf, bud comes, pushes out of the dirt. It takes strength to do that. Our strength is being tested. And then we get settled in the position. So isn't this awesome? I want to end with, um, I really want to end with, and if anybody needs this, we have an awesome, and I've been working on this kind of writing little, I'm using these for the blogs on the ministry. But we have, when it comes to grace, Grace is about favor, all right? And so in here is our references of life. It says promotion does not come from man, but it comes from God. It says faith activates favor. Faith activates provision. All right, so we all these verses I gave you today, I know everybody in here saved. I know everybody understands that the soul's got to produce what the source is telling us. But now, can we really get through the combination, the perfect combination? You have to recognize that he gives you a faith to do it if you love him. And if you meditate on the verses I gave you today, you'll start experiencing and seeing these moves. You might even be able to identify where you are today. And I look at it as a business. I take it, C.E. Hall, and I look at, I drew a picture with C.E. Hall in the center and the movements of things, like what things are moving around us. I try to take each section and see, well, where is that? Where is that? Is that in the suffer? Is that in the perfect? Is that being strengthened? Where is it? Because in time, if it's God, he's going to bring it to its fullness. He really is. And so we just have to be patient in the move. So promotion does not come from man. Remember, getting our thoughts out of it and getting his thoughts in it is what increases the favor. So there are scriptures here about favor that you meditate on And so that's where, you know, you get wiggly because you hear people say, I have favor, I have favor, I have favor. And behind their voice, all you're hearing is arrogance. All you're hearing is they think they deserve it because they were born with that favor. Well, we have to remember, he's the one that God gives it to us. And so we get tested in that on those 
on those measures of understanding that he does it, and it's not because we didn't do it right. I think about everything that I've gotten in my life, I did not deserve. I do not deserve it. I wasn't worthy to receive it. And, you know, I love it how Lord has given me those examples. That, and I always look back to that state race, how I didn't feel like I deserved it. But, and I didn't deserve it. You know, those girls, I looked at them, they deserved it. They were the strong ones. But then I loved it because we can't judge what moves in other people's lives. We don't know what God is doing in everybody's. We have to worry about our self. In business, uh, when I was at REMAX, um, I was one of their first agents that made the 100, um, uh, 100,000 with being there less than a year. So every time they got a new agent, they would say, oh, go talk to Lee. She, she made a hundred grand in less than a year. You know what I mean? In a bad time in the market. It wasn't a good time. In the, it wasn't the strong time in the market. And they would always ask me, well, what's your secret? And I always said, mind your own business and mind your own business. That really was my, that's the first thing I said. In school, I learned, mind your own business. Don't get involved in all the other teachers' classrooms. Mind your own business. That means don't go look at the reader board and see who's selling what, who's doing this. Mind your own business. And here's the second thing. Mind your own business. Don't get into the gossip of the office. When I interviewed <laughs> when I interviewed Francis, I was like, look, I'm not into talking to people at the office. If you're here to make friends, and this job's not for you. Remember when I said that to you? That job's not for you. I said, do you want to make friends here? And she's like, I just want to do my job. You know what I mean? I knew Francis was the right one. And because I believe that when we start getting into too much other business, then our mind gets steered off when God has given you something to focus on. And I wasn't in Christ then. I mean, I am telling you, I was not living for him. I was living for the making money to support a family and do all the right things and do everything the world said made you successful. That's what I was doing. And, and not that he even made me happy, just like, a, you know, the race. There, we think we're working towards something and it doesn't give us an internal happiness. What gives me now an internal happiness is when my faith get settled and perfected in a way that I know the salvation of my soul has been redeemed by Christ. And so when I know that, and I don't feel the same way like I used to feel, and I know that faith, that soul was saved, that salvation occurred, that makes me excited that I don't feel that way anymore, and that I can be productive now in the world to advance his kingdom. And that's what we should all be excited about, advancing what we were already predestined to do by the verses. He's already told us that. His verses, you know what? Somebody texted me last night, what does hope mean and what does, um, oh, faith. They said, what does faith mean and what does hope mean? I, the answer I was reading in the word, it just came so fast. It was two sentences. And the person wrote back and said, okay, that was, I was dumb. I was like, you're not dumb. That was, that was a good question. I said, faith moves and hope encourages you know what I mean? God gives us something by telling us that we already have a plan. We already have it worked out. And he's showing us things. That's to encourage us to keep going every day. So he gives us a hope in Christ Jesus to keep us in that move. The faith, which we're going to be talking more about. So today we covered the awareness of grace and how that's a perfect combination that has to work for the change. But faith is what moves us along the whole path. And it's not our faith. It's his faith. Faith moves us every step of the way. So praise God. I think that Chris had a testimony he wanted to share. But did everybody like the perfect combination? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that good? I like that. So, and the perfect combination for this lock, because I just want everybody to hear the little lock. It's 10 0, 0, 18. Okay. So it's 10. I have to do it. 0, 18. Okay, this is the end. I wish we could get this on the mic.
right? Freedom, we're free, we're free. That means he's released something. The salvation of our soul is free. Isn't that awesome? And then I love it, we go into the, we, we go in the next movement. <laughs> Come on, my Chris, Chris has a testimony. He has testimony he has to share because remember, we are a market, this is about marketplace ministry. If we get changed within, I want everybody to think about this Think about the awareness of what you know about your business. Start looking at your business that way. Start looking at yourself. Look at how your family is moving along with this. Go ahead, Christoph. I think it's pretty awesome we're talking about grace because I'm really experiencing grace in my life right now. Um, I have two testimonies, but it doesn't really pertain to business. Um, I just blurted it out, and I didn't know you heard me. I heard you. Um, (laughs) The first one, God saved my life this morning. Um, I was leaving Ms. Sheila's house. I had two uh, I had a bed in a, what's the thing that goes under the bed? The box spring in, in the back of my truck or in a trailer. I was trying to move it for a friend, but I've been kind of busy getting into the dump. So I'm on 95. I just get off on 95, leaving Richmond Hill. And I'm pulling off, and there's all these cars around me. And I'm trying to get here. I had a meeting at 10 o'clock, and I was running 15 minutes late. So I get all the way in the third lane. I normally, when I have the trailer, I never get in the third lane, not the fast lane. I kind of ride the slow lane. And I never really even get on the highway <laughs> with the trailer. And this bed is heavy. That's in the back. I pull all the way in the third lane, and I'm picking up speed. I see in the back the bed fly out the back of the trailer. I see it get airborne. And I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> the first thing I think in my mind, like, oh, my God. The trailer, I'm in the third lane all the way to the left. Mind you, I never ride in the, the left lane. I always ride in the right lane with a trailer. The bed flies out the back, and I'm pulling over the bridge. Or, you know, I don't know what part of Richmond Hill, when you're coming on 95, there's a median. The bed flies right into the median. It didn't hurt anybody. I, w- I pull over to the side. The bed goes into, I don't know what was under the median, but it literally fell right in the middle of going south 95 and north 95. It fell right in the middle. Um, I stopped the car. <laughs> the bed's nowhere to be found. And I got the, the little sheet, pulled it off the back of my trailer. And I'm just thanking God the whole way that no one was hurt and that, you know, because that was just amazing to me. And I was that morning, the morning Tori said, Chris, make sure you go. Take the bed to the dump before you go to Ms. Sheila's house. Not listening. I said, I'll just do it afterwards. <laughs> um, Should have listened to my wife. Um, but I felt God was with me in that moment because I saw it go up and fly to the left. Now, if I was in a completely right lane, that could have caused a horrific accident. And this bed was heavy. I said, man, it, it could have killed somebody. So I want to give God the glory for it, protecting me and protecting those around me. And that's what happens when you're in God's will. Even when we don't hear him, he sends mercy. And that was mercy. I guess I was talking about grace. This is real grace. I'm at Sheila's house today doing some work for her, man. It's such a blessing. You know, being able to serve the saints and, you know, Sheila allowing me to do some work at her house. I'm getting ready to leave the house. She's like, hey, Chris, you got a grill? And I was like, yeah. no, she said, do you need a grill? And I was like, yeah, I, w- I would love to have a grill. And she takes me to her shed and there's this. I can't even, I, man, this is top of the line grill. I'm thinking I'm about to get like a regular old chocolate grill you get from Walmart. Hey, this grill is top of the line. It's beautiful, shiny. Just, it's just immaculate. Excellent. As I'm driving, 
I guess that's why my mind was <laughs> so like on a high. I might have was picking up too much speed on the highway. God told me maybe a month and a half ago, I had two grills at my house, two charcoal grills. And the Lord put in my spirit to give one of the grills to my neighbor. And I was like, God, which, you know, which one? Because I have a, a, it was a bigger one and a smaller one. And God asked me to give him the better one, the bigger one. And he has a, he has a, he has a small, it's not like he has a big family. And I gave it to him and I was like, okay. And I kind of heard in my spirit, I'm going to give you another grill. And, you know, I was just like, okay, but I wasn't tripping about the grill. I was just like, I just want to do what God asked me to do. And today, I literally received more than a hundredfold return on that grill I gave. If I, I need to take a bef- like a before picture and the after picture for listening to God, because I got super abundantly blessed by that grill that Sheila is going to give us. Because, but it's just that's what happens when you listen to the voice of God. Because there's no reason for me to give him the grill. I was perfectly fine sitting on my you know my patio. But I just, you know, it probably it probably be a nice gesture for this guy. People are afraid to let go because they already think they have to have the other thing. That you know what I'm saying? But you ha- in suffering, we really learn to let go so God can do what He's gonna do. Yeah, that was his perfect grace. When I take this picture and when y'all see this new grill, y'all gonna be like me flying 80 miles per hour down 95 because I was just filled with joy. Filled with so much joy, man. A lot of times you don't think about the little thing that God does. But for me, listening to God, a year, not, even a, not even two months ago, he already sent something out. Just let it go out my mind. And today, he, you know, I received a real blessing, man. And that just takes me over the top with the Lord. Praise God. I have to add something to this. My husband got blessed with that grill free about two years ago. And um, it was a gift to him. And then we use it like about twice. Brand new, huge grill, propane grill. Now, I like charcoal, okay? So I kept the old dumpy charcoal, so you have saw that, okay? And so Saturday, my, my neighborhood had like a neighborhood yard sale. So I had sold like a lot of stuff. But the Lord said, no, don't bring out that grill, because somebody would have bought it, okay? But the Lord showed me your face anyway. So since we had made the date to um, you know, power wash the, the house, I said, okay, you know what? I cannot forget to tell Chris about the grill. And he was in a big rush. So I told him, do you need a grill? If you want it, you can have it. So I guess he was thinking about the old charcoal grill, yeah. but took him out to that shed, this brand new, huge, silver, nice, shiny grill. And so Frank got blessed with it. Now you get blessed with you know, free of charge and a big, large propane grill. So I like charcoal, so he can have the propane. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, isn't it amazing to see God work so multi, like he can speak to Sheila in a day, and if Sheila obeys, it can affect my life for something I have done. This was months ago, and God wants to do that for each and every one of us. He wants us to hear his voice, obey, so someone else can receive a blessing. And to think about the return on that. Think about the return. Man, that's that quick faith. Like Lee was talking about, you just got to move. Just do what God asked you. Don't ponder it. Because Sheila, she just heard it. At, uh, she know him, bro. She's like, hey, Chris. You think it was like a quickening in her spirit. 
Sheila hears from God, y'all. <laughs> I am not joking. So it's so amazing when I look and I see how God does that, not only for his people, but those around us as well. All people are his people, but those who have chosen him, the believers, because God had his hand on me today. That could have been traumatic what I experienced. That could be devastating. That could have been life altering, life changing. But God was with me. And it wasn't that because I wasn't on the right assignment. That was negligence. Negligence on my part. But I thank God. Yes, my provision was protection. Yes. And God showed me that today because my angels were in operation. Because I'm telling you, man, there was no wind. How did things just. Whoosh. And when I say it landed perfectly in the middle, part, like it just disappeared. It almost like it just disappeared. Man, it was amazing. It was supernatural. Thank God for that experience today, experiencing his protection. And I thank God for allowing me to experience his, his unwavering grace and his love through his people. Because Sheila blessed me twice today. And God is good. We don't ask for man. We ask God. And then God will speak to a man or woman to provide whatever you need. And sometimes he provide, well, all the time he provide what you want. But sometimes it's unexpected. And when I say it's amazing, it's a great feeling. And we can get to the place in God when we're in this high, when we're in this move with God. That we're not afraid of what's to come next. Not saying, oh man, my life is going too well. What is about to happen? What is the bad thing that I'm about to walk into? That's what I'm experiencing now. When our minds get renewed, when we start getting this thing cleaned up, those little spots that used to hold a throneship in our mind, we have now given it a place for God's revelation, a place for God's love. And where God's love is, is perfect. And where perfect love is, there's no fear. And where there's no fear, man, there's complete joy. Meaning, I can be in a place with God and not afraid of what's to come. It's excellent. That's how God does it. It's a choice. And we all have that same choice. God is excellent. So I'll close this out and I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, for you are good, and your mercy endures forever. And no one is like you. I thank you that you have given us teaching, Lord, to your bride, to your church, that changes us, that renews our minds, that brings knowledge and understanding to the place that we are in, in the place we should go, in the place we will go. I thank you that today is a day about you, and every day is about you. And as we move forward in this kingdom advancement, you receive all the glory. You receive all the honor. For your name is high and lifted up. Your body is high and lifted up. Every part of your being is high and lifted up, Jesus, sitting at the right hand of God, our daddy in heaven, who is the provider and holder of all good things. So we love you today. We bless your name today, and we thank you that you are forever with us, right next to us, every moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.